This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com to save $10 off your very first purchase. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. It's the Locked On Aggies podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network. Talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to be talking about contender or pretender. Texas A&M was recently in a poll by 24-7 Sports in their top six tiers of how likely one of these teams is to be a contender or a pretender in 2024, a national championship. And we're going to do our own tier here on Locked on Aggies to see where AM ranks among those top six tiers. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I always love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this show better, anything you want to change about the show, anything you like about the show, anything you hate about the show, Give me the feedback at Mr. Cole Thompson, and I will always be willing to try to make those changes to our daily coverage here on LOPN. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things related to Texas A&M related content, so make sure you're following us here, subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify, and listen to us here on LockedOnPodcast.com. As we're talking about a little earlier in the show... It is tier day. 24-7 Sports came out with their tiers for the 2020 season, breaking down who is most likely to win the national title. When you look at the tiers, coming in in tier 6 for them was Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, and I believe Minnesota at all 15,000 odds. Then you had Washington, USC, Oregon, and I believe that was it coming in at 3,000, 10,000, and 5,000 plus odds. Tier 4, Texas comes in at plus 4,000. Texas A&M plus 4,000. Michigan comes in at plus 5,000. Auburn comes in at plus 3,000. Tier 3, Florida plus 2,000. Penn State plus 4,000. Notre Dame plus 3,000. LSU plus 1,000. Tier 2 was one team, Oklahoma at plus 1,800. 1.5 tier was Georgia at plus 800. And then, of course, you have the big kahunis coming in at tier 1. No surprise. Ohio State comes in at plus 300. Uh, you have plus 500 for Alabama. And Clemson, who just was recently in the national title game, comes in at plus 250. So, again, there's really not a big surprise at the top level. But where does AM rank in these tiers? Are they a little too low at the tier 4? Are they a little too high? We're going to go work from tier six to tier one. So when you start at tier six, Wisconsin comes in in last place on the list at 5,000 odds in the tier six level. I 100% agree with that. I think that they are right now the one team to watch for because of they're always a team in the Big Ten that will finish somewhere between nine and three and ten and two. But if they can get over that hump of of those ten and two seasons, They won't just be a Rose Bowl contender. They'll actually be a playoff contender. But you also have to go through the likes of Penn State, Michigan, and Minnesota now, who is very much a contender under P.J. Fleck. Also, Ohio State. 
you add all those together, I don't see them getting all four wins. Maybe two. Michigan, I think that they can beat. I definitely think that they can beat the likes of Minnesota. Can they beat Ohio State? Probably not. Uh, so I, I see them as a 10-2. You cannot be a 10-2 team and go all the way to the national title game with that. So yeah, they're coming in strong. And without the running back and Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be a longer season, I think, for the likes of the Badgers. Next on that list was Oklahoma State. I'm going to keep them in Tier 6. Because of everything going on around campus right now, everything with the OAN shirt that was worn by Mike Gundy, Chuba Hubbard's comments, and more importantly, the rally cries of former Oklahoma State Cowboy players coming out and saying things need to change in Stillwater. That's a big red flag. And if anything happens, if there is a season, if anything happens during the season to where you see the players revolt against Gundy, and Mike Gundy says, listen, it's my team, or we don't play, and they fire him, they're going to have to find an immediate head coach who can immediately connect with these players, win in the recruiting trail, and find a way to continue the success of Oklahoma being, on average, an 8-4, and 9-3 and three win team. You add all that together, plus their schedule, they have to face off against OU. The Battle of Bedlam usually decides who's going to win the Big 12 more recently than not. You have an improved Kansas State team. I think Texas is going to be better, to be completely honest. You can't really rule out Baylor so long as Charlie Burr is there and if Dave Aranda can fix the defensive side of the ball and the offense stays consistent, they're going to be a contender. This is a nine-win team at most. So yeah, they stay in Tier 6. I think when you go to the next group on the list, uh, you're going to look at Minnesota. Same thing. I I would move them closer to Tier 5 than the other two. Let's just go with that. I would put them closer because of I think Tanner Morgan is a fantastic quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be a great pro, but he's got a great pro-style approach. He fits very well in the Minnesota culture. He's a big, burly guy who can run if need be. But he's got a good arm. He has quality accuracy. The biggest thing that's going to suck for him is Tyler Johnson's now in Tampa Bay. If that doesn't minimize his production a little bit, then I think that Minnesota's a 10-win team again. I absolutely think Minnesota's a 10-win team. I think they're a better 10-win team also than Wisconsin. I think when you look at what P.J. Flex has been able to do in the recruiting trail and what he's been able to do to continue to develop these players, I have no doubt in my mind that right now they are probably the team to watch for in the Big Ten. But all three of these teams are not AM. AM is 100% higher than every single one of these teams on this list. It's not just because of their returning a veteran roster, and it's not because of what they've done in their recruiting trail, but it's because of you look at their strength of schedules. A&M will be facing off against a lesser-ranked LSU team at home in Kyle Field. That's going to play into their favor. It doesn't matter where you play Ohio State. Ohio State still has not lost, made a dent in the loss of their production of players. Wisconsin, they lost a key focal point to their offense. Oklahoma State, dealing with their own problems. They're going to have to travel. Then you also have Minnesota. Minnesota could be a one-and-done surprise to your team. They could also be the start of becoming a contender. I don't know. What I do know is 
that A&M schedule, how it's lined up this year, their two toughest games are in the Iron State of Alabama. That's it. Those are their two toughest games in my personal opinion. Outside of that, they can 100% run the table with anyone else. So because of that, I say A&M's higher. 100% A&M is higher than those Tier 6 teams. The other team I would add in Tier 6 right now is Washington. I think people aren't understanding that while Jimmy Lake, as good as a coach as he is, because he is, he's a fantastic defense coordinator, he's done a great job at Boise State, he did a great job under Chris Peterson, but he's not Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson and his ability to recruit both at Boise State and Washington was uncanny that brought the Huskies back to their 1990s glory. I cannot sit here and say that Jimmy Lake is immediately going to transform that roster. He has some players. He 100% does. But you look at what they've lost. You look at that they're going to have to have a new quarterback in the system. And you look at what they're building off of. After what was considered a a down year up in Seattle last year. It was. It really was considered a down year. I think you put them in Tier 6 as well. Washington, to me, is that team in the... Pac-12 that will be highly ranked and has the best chance to finish unranked. That's just my personal opinion. We're going to keep building off this list moving into Tier 5, Tier 4, Tier 3, Tier 2, and Tier 1. But one thing that I've been trying to build up is my muscle mass. And without being able to go to the gym for the past several months, it's kind of hard. But I've recently found a new protein bar that really adds that punch pack action to help me with my workouts at home. And that's Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar and comes in 16 amazing different flavors. My personal favorite are the salted caramel and the mint chocolate chip. The bars are great for a health conscious guy like myself and they help me lose and maintain my weight while also being a delicious treat. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. I mean, look at this one. The peanut butter brownie comes in 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. You're not going to be able to find a low-calorie, high-protein fiber bar anywhere else like this on the market. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And if you want to stay in shape during quarantine without being able to go to an actual gym, the first step I always recommend is touching that Built Bar when you wake up in the morning to start your day off right. We still got five more tiers to break down. Where will AM rank among the rest? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down those names in just a quick moment. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for a change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all of our host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. That website is LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams? If so, listen to a Locked On Podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every single team covered in the NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, and highlight up-to-date information for all your sports teams in fantasy. Go follow us on iTunes, listen to us on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen on LockedOnPodcast.com. 
We're moving ahead into tier five of where AM ranks on this list of top tier programs for title contention. 24-7 Sports had Washington in Tier 5. I put them in Tier 6. So starting it off, USC. USC is a team that, again, I look at this roster and I look at the schedule that they're about to play. If Keldon Slovis really is a standout player and he can be the next great USC quarterback. Because again, the one thing that USC is known for is having standout college quarterbacks. If Slovis can be that guy, then maybe this could be a good year. They're going to probably lose to Alabama, no, depending on what the date is. Right now, it's set up September 5th in Arlington. Uh, but then they have to go to Rice-Eccles at Utah. They have to go to Stanford two weeks later. They have to play. They have to go to Arizona. They have to go to Autzen. They have to go to Pasadena. And they close out the year hosting Notre Dame. I think that AM is 100% more well off than them. Because, more importantly, the Pac-12 is so evenly packed with good and bad teams that you can beat a good team on any single week and then fall to a no-namer. Because Oregon State always gets those blowout, gets that one big-time win. California always gets the one kind of surprise win. Stanford, even though they were a contender recently, they had, they've kind of slowed down. They always get at least one solid victory in the mix. So I look at all that, and I think AM plays in a division that's a lot tougher because every team is so well evenly matched that I can't sit here and say that they do belong in the same category. So yeah, Tier 5 for me 100% features the likes of USC. Also, next on their list was Oregon. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say Oregon's Tier 5 because of they lost their key player. If you watch any game last year, Oregon's offense does not have the year it does without Justin Herbert. That's just simple. They don't. In his final two years for the Ducks, Herbert finished with over 3,000 passing yards in each season. He never threw for under 29 touchdowns, and he never hit the double-digit mark in interceptions. Last season alone, in games that he threw for over 300 passing yards, he also threw at least four touchdowns in every single game, and in two games, he only threw interceptions. My mistake. He threw only two touchdowns against Arizona State, but he still threw for over 300 yards. In the other two games, he threw 19 of his 32 touchdowns when he threw for over 300 yards. Overall in the season, he did not throw for under 100 200 yards, except for in his final three games. 174, 193, 138 against Wisconsin. That was it. I wonder if, because of that... If Oregon is starting to diminish, they do have, I think, the top offensive tackle in the class and Penny Sewell, but I don't know if they're a legitimate contender. They lost a lot on defense, including their leader in Troy Dime. They lost some key players on offense. I can't put them higher than AM right now. I can't. I think also when you look at Tier 5 right now, Texas belongs in Tier 5. I don't think that there's a way around it. Texas... As good as a roster, Texas wants to pretend to be. They're not. They're not that great of a roster. I cannot say that they are better than AM by any sense of the word. They have their quarterback in Sam Ellinger. And Ellinger on paper might be a better college quarterback than Kellen Mott. He might be. 
but he's got no weapons anymore because his top two guys, Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson, are gone. He lost his tight end and Andrew Beck a year before. This is a brand new roster. And I'm not sure if Texas is going to be able to compete with the likes of A&M, especially in their Big 12 schedule. Granted, the Red River rivalry will take place in you know a neutral location, as it does every year in Dallas. But you look at the other two top contenders, they have to go to Stillwater to face Mike Gundy's team. And even though that they are definitely going to be a little lower on the list, Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard can take care of business on offense. The two of them can, are going to be just fine right there. I also think that game against uh, LSU just in week two, big question mark. That's a big question mark. Yeah, LSU lost a ton of talent, but it's not like they're not the SEC. That's the way I describe it. They're the SEC. They rebuild, retool, and get better every season. You replace a five-star quarterback with a five-star quarterback in no time. That just happens. That's always been the case. That's going to be the case once again. I look at those two. Those are immediately two losses in my opinion. With possibility of three, I think you'd also see them lose to Baylor at home. I think you could see them lose at Kansas State. I really do. I think Chris Kleiman's team is a team to watch for as one of the surprise rosters this upcoming season. So that's automatically losses right there. I also am going to put one more team in Tier 5. And to me, that's Notre Dame. Because even though Notre Dame, I think, could go 12-0, you look at their schedule... And they're going to face USC. Their other big game is Arkansas. They still have Ian Book as their quarterback. They still have a plethora of weapons, even though they lost Chase Claypool. Brian Kelly is still the coach. They're still a sound defense. They're going to get blown out the second that they play a team in the college football playoff. They go undefeated, which, by the way, is the only way Notre Dame gets to go to the college football playoff every year. Notre Dame, the only way that they're winning that game in the first round, the semifinals of the college football playoff, is if by some miracle, every other player on the team who's a starter on either offense or defense gets sick with something and they have to cancel the game and by default they win. That's it. Notre Dame always does this every single year because they're an independent. They'll go 10-2, and 11-1, and they'll look fantastic because they're playing against teams they know they can beat. And it'll look great on a resume, and it'll look great you know, for the college football playoff committee to, to break down, but once they play in the semifinal game, they're done. They're done. That's why Notre Dame, when they played in 2012 against Alabama in Miami, got blown out 42 to nothing. Because they didn't have to play anybody. And then when they finally faced a team that they had to play and actually be successful against, they stunk. They did that last two years ago against Clemson. They're a Tier 5 team. They're not a Tier 4 team. They're not a Tier 3 team. I don't care what 24-7 Sports says. They're a team that, even if they go 12-0, should not be considered a favorite to go to the college football playoff unless they finish with one of the top passing offenses in college football or one of the top defenses in general in college football. Until that happens, I'm going to pass them up. I'm always going to pass them up and put them in tier five. 
Speaking of deals you can't pass up, I have one for you if you are someone who enjoys fixing your own car. Kind of like myself, I love actually going in and changing out the air filters in my own Audi. But with new models coming out on a daily basis, you always have to kind of keep up with the prices and sometimes it's a little too much. That's why I like to use rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules to brake pads to tail lamps to even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic car or your daily driver, you can get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Let me just tell you a story. One of our own, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, had his tailgate stolen from his truck. He went onto rockauto.com and found a new tailgate for the exact same model of his car. Because it's simple. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly can see what parts are available for your car, choose the brand specification, and even limit your price range. So if Ross can do it, why can't you? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right on Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us page so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be to fix your car today. We got two more tiers to break down before we unveil where A&M ranks. Are they tier 4, tier 3, tier 2, or tier 1? Don't go anywhere. We'll tell you where in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. All right, we're gonna do this real fast because of, I don't think we have enough time to break down all the other tiers. So in tier one, immediately we'll just start there. I have three teams: Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Every single season until otherwise, I think that those are always going to be your basis. I thought Ryan Day was going to fizzle out last year in his first year as the head coach for the Buckeyes. He had a good year. He took his team to the college football playoff, and they probably should have been in the national championship, if not for a couple controversial calls down in Glendale. I thought they were the better team in that game. I really did. Clemson. Clemson is always going to be a contender so long as Dabo Sweeney's there. I think that the loss of Justin Ross is going to hurt them a little bit more in the passing game. But Trevor Lawrence is favorite to be the Heisman winner once again going into the season. And until otherwise, I don't see a problem with it. Alabama. Alabama's won games with the likes of Jake Coker and Blake Sims under center. They were able to take a guy in A.J. McCarron and make him an NFL viable backup. Because of all they do is they build around their quarterback. So anyone saying Mac Jones is not going to be able to do what Tua Tungavailoa did, he's not. Not in the slightest. But he is going to be at least a stalwart mention. And they're going to be, I think, again, a 10-2, and 11-1 team. Maybe even a perfect 12-0. Tier 2 technically has the likes of only one team in Oklahoma, while Tier 1.5 has Georgia. I think you just put both in Tier 2. And I have no problem with either. Georgia will be without DeAndre Swift, but they have a good running core right behind them. They were able to go replace Jacob Fromm immediately to go get Jamie Newman from Wake Forest. I think he'll be a big help. And the defense, especially the front seven, is not taking a lot of hits. I think that they deserve to be in the Tier 2 range. They're easily, in my opinion, the front runners to win the SEC East and go to Atlanta once again. Oklahoma, 
If Spencer Rattler is the real deal, Oklahoma is the real deal. As long as Lincoln Riley is there, I think he does a great job replenishing talent on both the offensive and defensive side of the balls. And I think that he's a stalwart guy. So I think you look at all that, they're both fine. Right now, I'm also going to throw one more team into the mix on Tier 2. And I'm going to say Florida. I think Florida is the one team in the SEC that people aren't talking enough about because of they're just Florida. They lost some talent. But again, Dan Mullen's done a great job keeping his program right in the middle of things wherever he's gone. In two back-to-back years at Mississippi State, he helped the Bulldogs become a very promising program. They were great. And in fact, they will always go down in history as the first team to ever be ranked number one in the college football playoff rankings. That's going to be a trivia question that a lot of people will not for, will never remember. I'm never going to forget it, just completely. I'm always going to remember that one. I think that Florida's defense will maybe keep them back a little bit, but I think right now, if Kyle Trask is the real deal, they're going to be able to get some work out of him. They're going to be 11-1. They're going to compete with Georgia. And if they beat Georgia in Jacksonville, they will go to the SEC Championship. And if they go to the SEC Championship, if they play the likes of Auburn or if they play the likes of Alabama, maybe it'll be close, but it'll definitely, I think, give them some consideration for college football playoff. They're a top 10 team, in my opinion. Moving into Tier 4 real fast, I see two teams in Tier 4. First up is Michigan. I think Michigan is always going to be in consideration because of the history of Big Blue. But they're not a good team. And even though Shea Patterson's gone and they're likely going to look at Dylan McCaffrey at being the starting quarterback, they always lose talent. They've lost Donovan Peoples-Jones. They lost Josh Unchi this past offseason. I wonder if there's ever going to be a point where Michigan just is an average team. And the reason they're ranked this high is because of John Harbaugh and also because of the name Big Blue. That's it. I can't move them higher and I'm not going to move them any lower just because I don't want to get burned later. I think the other team, Penn State. I think Penn State is not a bad team. I think that they're just an overrated team. Micah Parsons is probably if not the top linebacking prospect in the nation he's right up there but he's not anything that that special that will make or break a team I think Penn State is a sound offense but I want to see if they can take that next jump in this upcoming season and if they can't they're probably a 10 and 2 team 10 and 2 teams are 10 and 4 I mean are tier 4 they're not anywhere near that next level Which brings us to Tier 3, which features all three SEC schools, including A&M. A&M is Tier 3, 100%. I think right behind A&M is LSU. LSU right now is a giant question mark. They could be Tier 6 at the end of the season. They could be Tier 1 again. But right now, you have no idea what you're getting with Miles Brennan. You're basically replacing almost all your starters on defense. You're basically replacing almost all your starters on offense. You have no idea if you can replace the production of Joe Brady and what he meant to the offense. You have no idea what your defense coordinator is going to be able to bring. I look at all that, and that's a problem. 
Credit to LSU last year. They were 100% the best team in the nation. Ed Orgeron was smart. He made great hires. He did the best thing he could for his quarterback in Joe Burrow. And it ended up being the reason why the team won the national title. But I'm not going to bet again that they're going to be able to do anything better than a 9-3, and maybe at best a 10-2 and season. That's what I'm saying right now. But again, I could be wrong. I think A&M comes right in the middle there. I think A&M is that middle team. They're definitely a 10-win program. They should be an 11-win program. They should have one loss this year. And that should be to Alabama. And if it's not to Alabama, it's to Auburn. That the, the, the talent that is in College Station will never be higher than it is right now. They have the chance to be the LSU of 2021. They are built to win. They have plenty of skills. I think that the biggest loss for them is finding weapons for Kellen Mond on the outside and the perimeter. Besides that, I don't see a problem with them. Their defense is returning a majority of their starters. The offense is returning a majority of their starters. The young talent, such as DeMarvin Leal, uh, Damani Richardson... Anaya Smith, all of them are going to play a bigger role and they finish in the top 10 in recruiting. They are 100% a one-loss team at best. At worst, they should be a two-loss team. And then there's Auburn. Auburn is, once again, just a, a juggernaut of consistency in the Plains. They always get crapped on because they don't beat Alabama consistently, but that's kind of one of the hardest things to do in sports is beat pretty much the consensus number one team every single year. I have no problem saying that Auburn right now looks on paper like a 10-2, and 11-1 win team. And they definitely, I think, for without a doubt, have a chance to be something very special in the SEC and I think give Alabama and A&M a run for their money. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And make sure that you are listening to our sister shows at Locked on Big Ten, Locked on ACC, Locked on SEC, Locked on Pac-12, and of course, Locked on College Football. Tomorrow, we'll be back with a brand new show. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll see you then. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.